This is episode six of H2H Sales Automation Podcast on how to get H2H sales content right. Let's build a business based on H2H, not B2B, but human-to-human sales and marketing automation. A human approach is the only one that sells. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. My name is Bart, and I invite guests for a short 20-minute interview to inspire you and improve your sales and marketing the human way. I'd like to welcome my guest today, dialing in from US, Leslie Douglas, Vice President for Membership and Go-to-Market Strategy at Sell Better by JP Sales. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you, Bart. Thank you so much for having me as well. I'm really excited to, to talk about the human element with you today. Thank you very much for joining us. I study a little bit profile, your LinkedIn profile before we actually dial in. And I want to read this to our listeners. I got into sales as a profession, as many people do on accident. But over time, I have discovered that everything we are doing is sales. Wow. I resonate with you. I have the same very similar story. But tell, tell us a little bit more about your sales journey, how you ended up selling and advising about sales. Oh, the accident part is because I was at a um, international conference for hospitality professionals. And I was sitting, waiting for a meal to come and struck up a conversation with the, the gal sitting next to me. And she was like, well, come interview with us tomorrow. And I was like, I don't know anything about your company and what you do. And <laughs> I had never heard of it. And um, so I went home, did a little bit of research, and ended up interviewing with her the next day for a sales role that was not my intention at all. <laughs> and wow. I loved it. I loved it. I loved, I drove door to door at the time, getting to meet new people, and it was terrifying and wonderful. And I just had such a blast, but it was never anything that I had thought of or premeditated or planned. I always thought that I was going to be a convention planner, like a big corporate convention planner. That was my dream. Uh, Still feel like that's a part of my job today. So it's funny how the world works like that. So you got uh, employed and what happened then? Uh, how, how was your first day? So obviously we, with the sales, we will be talking about more about sales content, how to prepare, how to actually get and optimize this work. But you know, your first days, how, do you remember your first sale you've done or what was your role initially? Oh yeah, definitely sticks out to me. I started in field sales, so door to door, and I had a book of clients. So after training, it was uh, you're ready to go, go out into the world. And I remember vividly pulling into that first client's. It was uh, I was selling into hospitality still, so hotel, and I walk in the front door. And I think that this is where my biggest lesson came in. I walked in and I was, I looked timid and I, I looked not confident. And I asked for my point of contact and they said, do you have an appointment? And I said, no. (laughs) And, uh, they were like, please call back and make an appointment. And I called my mentor and she was like, oh, Leslie. You just have to walk in the back door of the hotel and pretend like you know where you're going. And the first few times, Bart, I walked in 
and they caught me. They were like, um, can we help you? Let me take you back to the front desk. And I ended up in that same cycle again. But after a while, I, I would just put on my, we wore a coat at the time. I would put on the coat, get my bag and I'd walk in and I'd just say hello to people like they should know who I am. And I'd wave and I'd walk around not knowing where I was going and find where I needed to be eventually. Um, but that was like this, if you walk in confidently and you treat people kindly, that's where it started for me. I was like, oh, I can do this. I just need a different mindset. Um, so that was day one was that terrified version of Leslie being told no from the jump. I was like, am I, am I cut out to do this? <laughs> What a wonderful story. I mean, confidence, uh, I think, in the, is, is one of the, uh, especially you, you're a female um, professional, and I would like to stress this because I've read also your profile, your, 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 your freak with women in business, with women in entre- entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, and we, we all kind of want to resonate the, the, the things that, uh, you know, it, it used to be uh, very much uh, male-dominated, you know, executive sales, executives roles, doing some, uh, you know, business and sales, and you said that was something very much important, confidence, building that confidence. So, Moving into the conversation to uh, talk about the sales content, in my opinion, that confidence in sales content needs to resonate as well. Mm-hmm. So the topic is obviously how to create the sales content. Now, a little bit of context to our listeners. Obviously, it's 2023 we record this uh, episode, and it's time of optimization. Everyone is actually looking uh, how to spend their dollars twice. The, the, the little bit of budgets are strained, uh, depending on obviously the industry, but in general, in economic scenarios, there are different kinds of question marks, how we're going to live with that. And in my opinion, one of the ways that we can achieve the success is to nurture the people that we have a relationship in a, in a good, nice way. So the question is, what sales content means to you and maybe how we can start producing better content? Um, Bart, tell me a little, when, when we're talking content, is it what we're sending to prospects or internal? Give me. I think it's both. It's oh. any type of information that you're sending either right. uh, uh, on a call. So content is also when we have a conversation, we actually producing quite a lot of content, but also the way what is happening after our conversation, what we are sending, what type of information are we sending in order to win that prospect? Right. I think a lot of times... In sales, we tend to pull from what is available to us from our marketing teams. And our marketing team has beautiful content. Most organizations have a website that's really well thought out and uh, someone has put time and effort and love into the flow and how it works and case studies, white papers, or maybe um, what content goes on to the marketing site. And I think from a sales perspective, we have to think about marketing job is to go one to many, right? That's any person in any role who comes onto your site needs to be able to feel seen or that there's a section for them. But as a salesperson, it's our job to take that and make it one-to-one. So I think from, from the sales perspective, just to, to start off here, we have to take in the information that marketing has and make it specific to the person who we're speaking to. 
I don't want to just send you the website and let you figure it out. Let me find something that's specific to your role or specific to something going on in your organization right now that I can point out and say, here's why I chose this one specific piece for you, Bart, because I believe that this is content that you will be interested in and it's relevant to your role. Fantastic. One-to-one versus one-to-many. I just repeat, one-to-one versus one-to-many. Quite a lot of salespeople, in my opinion, when we do our own work with sales, uh, are uh, mixing this up. Um, I would also say that uh, and ask for your comment. One-to-one is also personalization. Mm-hmm. So making you, you, uh, we're talking also about collecting the specific data and this is resonate with uh, uh, ABM sales. We need to be more clever how we collect the data about key decision makers mm-hmm. and what they're posting, what the problems are. And once we reflect that in our conversation, that will probably, what I called, uh, the, 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 it will build desire to, uh, to, to answer that question or to, to follow up that uh, inquiry or maybe just answer that call. Uh, how would you personalize sales follow-ups emails? So I think there's two ways that we can personalize. And it's, you mentioned it, um, the the lack of that coming from the one-to-many versus the one-to-one. And I think a lot of times it's because we're looking to scale in sales and we're looking to be more efficient and um, just do more. Uh, That's a traditional sales method is just if we throw more out there, you know, a bigger net's going to catch more fish. And that's not necessarily true, especially today. So for personalizing a follow-up email, I typically go one of two different directions. And the first one is personalization where, like Bart, you mentioned reading through my profile or finding something about their, not even just them personally, depending on what region you're in, maybe that's not as um, acceptable for reaching out on a, especially a cold introduction, but finding something going on in their business, in their organization, a reason to reach out. So why right now, is it a good time for us to have this conversation? Whether that is a, they're launching a new product and you can help in some way, or they have an initiative that they are pushing on social channels that you're seeing and that you can tie that back to your offering in some way. I think if we could get really specific to them in our messaging personalized that way, that's one option. And the other one is based on their title type. So something I really like to do is go look at job openings for the people who I talk to most frequently. The roles that I personally sell into are CRO, VP of Enablement, Director of Sales, so VP of Sales, Sales Leaders. So I'll go look at job openings at my clients or my prospects to see what are they holding those people accountable to? What are their responsibilities and how can I tie my product or my solutions value back to that? So when I'm reaching out to them, that that can be a little bit more to the masses and less one-to-one. So if I know that your title is a VP of sales, I can repeat similar messaging to any other VP of sales as well. 
Fantastic. Thank you very much. Two ways, just as a summarize. Uh, one way is to personalize and find uh, something about the prospect and to look at either your CRM or any available data. Be careful depending on what and who you target. If it is a re-engaging email and you had a conversation before, it's a little bit easier rather than with the cold approach. The second way is to actually work and use the job title approach. Fantastic. Uh, now. Um, how as a salespeople, so obviously uh, I just will go back to your first day of work and uh, um, and the way and when you think, when you approach the field sales, actually now uh, with uh, all this, after all the pandemics, field sales some, sounds like, wow, old fashioned way of selling. But yes, it is, this is still a, <laughs> it is a still a, a, a place to actually go back to that kind of face to face and human way. But in order, like in order to get prepared, so we, we're talking about, for example, sales templates. How we can mm. create a sales template? What what tools we can use, or maybe what tools do you use? You can recommend in order to be more better equipped with how we approach with the cold uh, or warm prospects. I I think that a lot of this, and are you thinking mostly in terms of follow up? Or in general? Uh, in terms of follow-up. Okay. In terms of follow-up, if we're, um, I hear a lot right now, call me back in six months. Leslie, that sounds <laughs> great. Call me back in six months. And I think if you're listening in the beginning of 2023 here, that maybe you're hearing that a lot too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so something I, I try to do that I learned from John Barrows is that I will ask, it, I'll, of course, dig in and I'll say, sure, Bart, I'll definitely call you back. What's going to change between now and then? I'm going to dig in and see if it's a true objection or if they're just pushing me out of the way and they don't want to talk to me anymore. But I'm also going to ask one additional question before we hang up. And I'll say something like, Bart, I am constantly coming across information for sales teams. Um, the most common things are time management, uh, new tools and innovative ways for your team to keep in touch with prospects, and also frontline leadership conversations. Any of those interesting to you? If I come across something, do you want me to share anything in your direction? And they'll always pick one. It's that rule of three. If I just say, hey, Bart, what are you interested in? People typically say, Leslie, I don't know. I mean, anything really, or they'll, they'll come up with, they may or may not come up with something. But if I give them that list of three, they always choose one. And then I will plug them into a drip sequence and say, every five, four weeks, they're getting an article from me with no ask, no call to action. It's just like, hey, Bart, you mentioned you were interested in time management. I saw this article and thought about you and your team. My favorite part is XYZ. No call to action, just send it their way. And they're getting all of these articles that they mentioned that they were interested in and that matter to them. And then when it is time for us to reconnect, I've provided value and not asked to <laughs> get their wallet. <laughs> I haven't asked for their budget or for their time. I've just been providing value the whole time. I call it as a build desire uh, approach. Uh, build desire is um, common 
um, common example is when we uh, sometimes salespeople uh, approaching uh, the prospect in the way they go into the party and they present, you know, uh, ring. <laughs> the guy is mm. presenting the ring, the, the wedding ring, straight on after first meeting. You know, it's it's not that easy. So I would say yeah. build desire in order to build that, you know, that relationship. And it's it's coming back a lot, I think, for a while. Sales, especially in the technology space, got a little bit more transactional, even with the higher value or higher um, uh, ticket value. Things got a little bit more transactional there for a while. I am seeing a big resurgence of the relationship sale, and that's important to people even if they're doing that behind the scenes. So when you're selling to someone, they're looking at your LinkedIn profile. They're looking, they're Googling you. They're seeing something about you as an individual in addition to your organization. And I think that that's been such an interesting uh, resurgence in trends for sales recently. 100%. And I'm glad you actually mentioned the, the Google about you. Uh, the, the common approach about uh, sales is actually to start educating in a way that, you know, please click this link, look at how great we are. This is our mm-hmm. case studies. Look, this is, you know, tons of different links that they don't, they won't build any relationship. Uh, and truth is, and uh, that is that the prospect, when they, they do their own research, they're human people. They, they know mm-hmm. how to click. They know how to Google works. So I, I get if you have a relationship with your prospect and you give them a call, they probably know quite a lot of about you, especially when you actually post and when you remind about yourself. So there is no need for you to send tons of different content. Uh, are, will you agree? I agree. And they care about themselves. They don't really care about you and your company yet. I think about it like a restaurant menu. And it's you, something's going to catch your eye, whether it's um, the title or a picture or something's going to catch your attention first. And then you're going to go read the ingredients or what's included. And then I'm, I'm getting a little bit more, right? And then, okay, I have to decide how hungry I am. Do I just want something small or do <laughs> I want a larger meal? And it's this build. And there a lot of times that's happening behind the scenes now, the same way we would purchase a new camera or a television or a vehicle. We're going to go do research online first ourselves, but we just have to get them interested in the beginning. We just need to to create that interest and we'll move it through the situation from there. We'll build that desire over time. Like you say, Bart, I love the way you use that. We're going to build that desire over time and it's it's going to take a while. There's There's more steps involved. We can't just send over a signature right now. Here's a contract. <laughs> Here's the contract. Maybe that's a strategy. I don't know, but... What I would say is that if whatever uh, our listener is doing in order to achieve their goals, if it's working, yeah, just carry on with what is working. But however, yes. if something is not working and you can see that your pipeline is getting drier, then there is obviously the question mark, what we can do better, how we can exp- explore uh, something like uh, H2H sales content. I love that you said that. Thank you. One one question uh, before we wrap up. Uh, we're approaching 90 minutes because I'm counting my time um, uh, uh, towards the 20 minutes goal. Um, now, uh, we talk about the relationship and creating the sales. I think uh, you're really right. You're 
absolutely right about uh, keeping the ta- keeping uh, a contact with uh, our prospects. And um, I think some of the studies is saying that we need to keep in touch. Uh, I don't know six, eight, ten, twelve times depending on the industry in order to be to build that desire. So call and email is obviously one of the option, but uh, obviously LinkedIn or any other means of contacts. I'm aware that you're very much uh, LinkedIn fan. You're everywhere. You posting fantastic <laughs> content around. Maybe a little bit of uh, like a minute to our listening listeners how we can build that that content or that kind of um, that that kind of uh, education uh, piece uh, about sales and what you do uh, uh, in on LinkedIn. There's I there's so much data out there around this multi-channel or omni-channel approach, and the more channels that we can show up in front of our prospects, the better. So LinkedIn um, has been really beneficial for me with the network that I am in, but that could be different depending on your buyer. I will say even people who aren't actively posting on LinkedIn, I like to see if they are showing up and logging in and liking and commenting. If they are, then they're still going to see your content. And I like to think of it as an advertisement or a commercial. I'm showing up in front of them over and over again, adding value. Then they are going to remember me or think of me in a different way when I show up in their email inbox or their voicemail or... um I've heard some people getting very creative with direct mail recently or um, fax machines and, you know, all sorts of all sorts of things that people are doing to get creative right now. But in terms of content on there, a lot of times it's quick, um, actionable. People want a how to a lot of times or your opinion. Um, If you if creating content from scratch is scary, and it is for me too, I will go highlight other people first. So highlight a conversation you had and tag that person and share your takeaway from it or an article that you read, share your takeaway and tag the organization who published it or who the author who wrote it. But if you are highlighting other people first, a lot of times that's an easier way to show up consistently. It doesn't feel as daunting to create your own content. And um, it's a feel-good moment for all the people involved as well. So I think there's something that's beautiful and human about that as well. Fantastic. Uh, show up consistently. I think I found this mm-hmm. is 2022, my revelation. When I show up constantly and I'm not, I don't have a time to post, but just a little bit of comment, just my way. Uh, don't to, to, don't don't talk too much about that. I found increasing number of profiles inquiries through my uh, LinkedIn. So I, I, I definitely um, resonate with this. And uh, definitely, um, if anyone of uh, our listeners would like to apply this, just show up constantly every day, every second day, make a comment don't uh, make your fast to publish too much if you are basically we are salespeople we are not copywriters so make, <laughs> make, make us make us a human way a your way right right you have your own voice have your own voice thank you so final bit is uh, i would just as a just a wrap up of everything we're talking about this uh, podcast channel is all about h2h so your top tips how to sell like a human leslie Oh, I I put two at the very top. And I'd say the first one is managing expectations. Um, Not everyone is buying what you have to offer 
on a day-to-day basis. So being able to say, here's what typically happens next, and here's what you can expect from me, and guiding them through the process, that makes people feel more comfortable. And it feels odd from a selling perspective, but if you're not used to purchasing sales training, in my instance, (laughs) on a regular basis, it's nice to know what comes next and not have those unanswered questions in your prospect's mind. Give them the roadmap. And then um, comfort level, I think, is something that's really important for the human-to-human aspect. I heard recently someone say, you get passed to the department that you sound like. So if you sound like sales you'll get past to procurement. (laughs) But if you sound like, if you're selling into marketing and you can use their language and you can sound similar, you'll end up there and you'll be able to have a conversation there. And a lot of times that comfort level comes from fear of, title or you know uh, if they're an executive or their stature in the in the organization and i think that's out of respect but we are all we're all human we can have a conversation with someone and still be respectful and not nervous that they're looking down on us we can still show up as who we are and actually our language is better received at a grade school level than it is, or a primary school level than it is if we try to use these big words to impress an executive. So be comfortable with who you are and um, set expectations early and often. Fantastic, Leslie. Thank you very much. What I would uh, add is uh, also do not give up. Uh, if uh, uh, someone will say to you no today, doesn't mean it will say to no uh, tomorrow. Uh, so I hope it will work well with anyone who is listening to this podcast. Leslie, 20 minutes past, actually nearly 25. Uh, it was lovely to have a conversation with you. And thank you very much for your tips. You as well. Thanks, Bart. Thanks for having me. Let's build a business based on H to H, not B2B, but human to human sales and marketing automation. A human approach is the only one that sells.